Did you know Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at echoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on echoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Echoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz. Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
everyone. Welcome to Down Ballot. <clears throat> we do the show live on Twitch every Friday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm producer Dave. I'm the host of this show. Uh, looks like I'm flying solo tonight. That's fine. Homo Alono is never a problem for me. You can support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex, or an even cooler way to support this project actually is eplex.store. You can sign up at the 5 or $10 level, get the same uh, member benefits you'd get on Patreon, but you also... You also get a discount on any merch that you buy in our in our swag shop. Uh, shout out to Fourth Wall for the swag shop, and um, that discount is on top of any other promo codes you might find out there in the world. So, um, I'm hearing that my co-host is running late. The show kind of uh, was uh, born out of the Sunday show. Sometimes we would have uh, local news sh- uh, items on our Sunday show, our main news show. And uh, sometimes I would take up almost half of the podcast portion of that show. So we went ahead and uh, spun this off onto its other show. Um, been super fun doing this show. I'm glad we do it. Uh, we don't get huge download numbers on it, but we do have some uh, dedicated, li- dedicated listeners and dedicated viewers here on Twitch for that. So I am uh, happy for that and um, glad I have good co-hosts. Uh, I never really have to do the story list for the week. By the way, you can hit bang down ballot in the chat uh, to find our uh, links for this week. Or if you're listening on the podcast, the links, the link to the, uh, there's a link to our links in the show notes. So we're going to get started here. We're going to get started with our uh, leading off segment. This is just the thing we decided to put first. There's no uh, real reason. I don't think it, that it ends up here. This is, um, so there was an ex-fire chief in San Francisco who apparently got beaten up by an unhoused person in in the San Francisco community. And, uh, it turns out that there's, as usual, as we often find with these stories, there's a little more to the story than what you were told initially. And it looks like, uh. It's like, well, this was retaliation. Now at four in an unexpected twist, the man accused of beating a former San Francisco fire commissioner with a metal rod is released from jail. The judge made that decision because prosecutors don't yet have testimony from the alleged victim. He did not come in. So the court uh, had no choice but to follow the law, and that is to release Mr. Doty. From KTVU Fox 2 News, this is The Four. The DA in San Francisco says those charges have not been dropped in this case, but the suspected attacker could no longer be held in custody. Welcome, everyone, to The Four. I'm Alex Savage. And I'm Heather Holmes. This is just the latest development in this high-profile case. Our Christian captain was at court today and joins us now live. And Christian, can you tell us a bit more about why the alleged victim has not yet spoken with authorities? Yeah. That is one of the big questions that is outstanding right now. People are still trying to figure out exactly why that is. Meanwhile, the alleged victim in this case, Don Carmignani, the gentleman you were just asking about, did not show up in court today. So the judge said she had no choice but to release Garrett Doty from jail. Inside courtroom 20 in San Francisco's Hall of Justice, attorneys clashed over the future of 24-year-old Garrett Doty. Doty is accused of beating Don Carmignani with a metal rod on Wednesday, April 5th. 
portions of the attack caught on camera. Carmignani suffered injuries to his head and jaw. Police arrested Doty the following day, and he's been in custody facing assault charges. Yesterday, Doty's defense attorney released video of a man she says appears to be Carmignani using bear spray on a homeless person in November of last year. Doty's attorney said Carmignani has been linked to as many as eight similar incidents, and she says her client acted out of self-defense. My client, the video that was released yesterday, what does he do when Mr. Carmignani leaves him? He skitters away with his hat, I mean his, um, his jacket over his head. Huh, why does he do that? Because he knows Mr. Carmignani has a pattern of spraying and assaulting homeless people. The district attorney did release a statement saying charges in this case have not been dropped, but that her office had no choice but to allow Doty to be released. Quote, today the people moved for and were granted a continuance on Mr. Doty's preliminary hearing because Mr. Carmignani was unavailable to testify because of his injuries. His testimony is necessary for us to prove these charges. So far, prosecutors say Carmignani has not offered a statement to them or police. Carmignani's attorney also released a statement saying his client denies any involvement in using bear spray on homeless people and says the severe... I don't know. It looks like the same guy to me. What about you, Councilman? I would have to agree with you there. <laughs> it's hard to tell. The, it's like it's like kind of shitty like um, surveillance footage, but the, like the build, like the gate, the way he walks, kind of everything kind of looks, looks close enough that if he's not going to come forward, then it looks like... I don't know if this is self-defense because it doesn't appear to have been like... Well, we don't know what happened before the video we saw here, right? But... It looks like right. revenge, maybe, not self-defense, which is different. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it may not be direct, uh, you know, cause and effect, right? Like uh, uh, this guy bear sprays him, he gets up and tries to whack him with the metal pole. You're right. It seemed like very premeditated revenge. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. But that still changes the story. Oh, very much so. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, if, if they accuse this guy of being the guy and he looks very much like and moves very much like the guy in that video bear spraying the the unhoused individuals then yeah uh, i would say that uh, it does change things quite a bit and he didn't show for his for the hearing so obviously he you know he got cold feet or he was uh worried about how he was going to be painted so they said it was because of his injuries but if he was injured and couldn't go there's there's plenty of technology that would allow him to uh, appear remotely right oh of course uh, you would imagine so i don't know what the rules are these days um things may have changed um, and maybe different county to county uh, and San Francisco might be a whole different kettle of fish when it comes to you know, court procedures and protocols. Um, so who knows? But I, you just but, have to figure if somebody's like the alleged victim of a crime and they're injured and like, are like, I don't want to come into court because it's painful. You, you figure, even if that's not a thing that you generally do, you, you, you do the mulligan that time and you let them appear via zoom. Sure, or I'm I'm traumatized by the the suspect, right? By being in the room with the suspect, or uh, I don't know, have them I don't know, have them make some kind of statement. I don't know. There's there's got to be some way that this guy can get a statement on the record, and it seems like it's from what the news is saying. He doesn't seem to have made an attempt to do so in any kind of way. No, yeah, uh, either he was going to show up. I th I think that's absolutely within the realm is to issue a statement, you know, a statement to the court or to the judge or the jury or whoever um, is presiding officer. Um, so as far as I know, uh, as far, as far as we know, he did not do that either. So, um, we'll definitely keep our eye on this. I, I actually was alerted to this by a local, uh, former council member <laughs> who, uh, just loves, uh, following 
local political fodder just like us. Um, perhaps we'll have him on sometime now that he's a former council member. He might be more interested in getting a little more uh, uh, candid. Um, <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, he, he posted this on his Instagram, uh, the video of the bear spraying. And so he, he was one of the first I'd seen that actually had called out this guy for being uh, potentially the perpetrator, not the victim. Quote, any speculation as to why my client didn't appear in court this morning fails to take into account that he's still recovering from an invasive surgery to remove part of his skull following the defendant's brutal attack on him. Well, there you go. Now, Doty does have conditions on his release. He has to check in weekly with San Francisco Sheriff's deputies and has to stay away from Carmignani. Doty is due back in court May 23rd. Now, at this point, it's unclear if Carmignani will be facing any charges if he was, in fact, the man captured on video spraying homeless people with bear spray. Meanwhile, we have been standing here outside County Jail Number 2 since about uh, 10.30 this morning, waiting for Doty to be released. As you know, uh, from your years reporting on the streets, it can take uh, hours for a, 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 a trustee or an inmate to be released. That is one of the reasons why we're waiting right here in front of the jail. We're hoping to speak with Mr. Doty as he emerges. We're live in San Francisco. Christian Kath, KTVU, Fox 2 News. All right, Christian, thank you. How long is that guy going to have to stand out there and wait? That's crazy. <laughs> Man on the scene. Uh, live, right? Uh, gotta love it. Well, that's how they get the stories, right? Who knows? He'll be out there tonight. You know, I'm still here. I've had a frozen burrito from the bodega down the street, and that's all I've had to nourish myself for the past 48 hours, waiting for this guy to show up. So, what's what's kind of interesting here is that they didn't include any statements from the the defendant, from the the accused, saying anything about the the bear spray or whatever but maybe his lawyer was like hey um you need to drink a big cup of shut the fuck up because i think we might uh we, we might skate on this one yeah his attorney appeared earlier on um, that the nice uh nice lady um and spoke on his behalf earlier but yeah i didn't see him um and it could be very well that he's just he's not necessarily the best person to be speaking on his own behalf so it's good that he has a defense attorney um i don't know if that's a public defender or um you know or a paid attorney um i mean they're Public defender is paid, yes, but by us and not by the defendant. Um, so, uh, but uh, it seems like she's doing her job um, and defending him very well. That's good that they found that. Even like, like, let's say, let's say the defendant ends up uh, in in jail because I think like, like, okay, in the moment, if you just got bear sprayed and you went after somebody with a golf club and you could barely see and shit because you were in like pain and afraid because they had just bear sprayed you. I think the self-defense, I think there's a case to be made there. But if it was like a couple days later, nah, it's revenge. <laughs> y'all are, yeah. are both, y'all are both violent. And you, y'all need both to face consequences, I think, for your behavior. Yes. Um, and who knows? Uh, I, I don't know if this gentleman it does have, you know, other concerns, mental health issues. Who knows? But um, it did seem like he was more antagonizing than anything else. It didn't look as, I, I mean, I... I take the other guy's word that, you know, he was injured and that he's, he sustained these injuries as a result of this attack, but it looked more like this guy was kind of just antagonizing him, not necessarily inflicting or trying to inflict a whole lot of harm. Well, we might, we didn't see the whole incident of you, as you noticed, True. it went from two different, we, we saw one in front of like what appeared to be a gas station and then another, which was maybe somebody's ring doorbell or something where they were running down a street. Running by, uh, yeah. I thought so, that was pretty fun. It was almost, it was, it was, I mean, if it wasn't tragic, it'd be a amusing but it was kind of funny to see the different videos you know of the this one encounter and then oh and here they are running on the street after each other 
So oh my. we're going to move on to winners and losers where there are no losers. Um, although this is, this is music There's to my no ears, this first story. I thought it was always losers. Always losers. It looks like the giant Google complex just outside of downtown San Jose has been put on hold. So that's good as far as I'm concerned. To the South Bay, Google's huge development project for San Jose is on hold and it's not clear when it's going to resume. Even with construction being paused, the effects are already obvious. ABC 7 News reporter Lauren Martinez talked with city leaders about what the future holds for this project. A report that Google's multi-million dollar South Bay campus has been put on pause caused quite the concern Friday afternoon. Brought you all here to share that uh, there's actually no news, which in this case is good news. San Jose Mayor Matt Mahan held a press conference to reassure the public nothing has changed. Is that the same on the TV there? That's the same crappy Zoom background he uses every time he gives a speech. Like he's like, I only got one background, baby. Yeah, well, they've yeah they've only got a few photos that they're cleared to use under copyright law. San Jose Mayor Matt Mahan held a press conference to reassure the public nothing has changed since last month when Google announced it's assessing its timeline of downtown West. Google is slated to build a massive mixed-use project of office buildings and housing units on 80 acres around Dirajan Station and the SAP Center. Like most internet-based companies, Google is shedding jobs. They speed up when there's growth and when companies are contracting, pulling back a little bit after a period of overhiring, they slow down capital investment. A Google spokesperson released this statement. As we've stated, we're working to ensure our real estate investments match the future needs of our hybrid workforce, our business, and our communities. It goes on to say they're still committed to San Jose. This project would go faster or slower based on Google's hiring needs, and that's really determined by the larger economy. Google has a 30-year development agreement. The timeline of when the tech giant decides to build will be determined like any other private property owner. Already, their presence has changed parts of downtown. The 100-year-old Kearney Pattern Works and Foundry closed to make way for the future village. Google helped relocate the popular Poorhouse Bistro to Little Italy. In December, started demolishing the Sunlight Bakery Bread Depot to make room. Pause delayed. Uh, to me, it's a matter of semantics. Alex Tatinsky, the CEO of San Jose Downtown Association, is hopeful construction will not be delayed too long. If it's a large space and a vacant space for a longer time is never a good thing. Um, so maybe we can become creative, all of us together, uh, to find a way to activate the space in a creative manner uh, that makes sense for downtown. In San Jose, Lauren Martinez, ABC 7 News. So party time. Didn't Sorry. like wasn't didn't anybody think about the fact that just because it was boom time for Google now, that this is like a 30 year development project and we have no idea what the <laughs> what the situation is going to be with the number of employees or the, the economy. Like this is a kind of all your eggs in one basket scenario, which is, I think, a dumb way to do development. Well, it's all their eggs in one basket in that spot, right? Uh, they basically gave it up to to one developer, one entity. Um, it's not the whole, uh, the entirety of development in the city, but it's certainly a big chunk um, of city land that's being used for or former city, not really city land, private land, I should say, um, with city oversight. Uh, that's being used um, basically to sit vacant now. Um, so yeah, I, I hope they do find some creative ways to use it. And that for me means party time. 
Yeah, I mean, party that time. That means festivals. That means that means space to do shit, right? Vendors. It means arts festivals, music festivals. It means community spaces, farmers markets, whatever. Um, all of the above. I think there's plenty of space there. And if Google's not doing anything with it, it's been mostly flattened and leveled, right? There's a few buildings left, but mostly it's been flattened already. Um, yeah, figure out a way to leverage the space and have a big par- have big parties. Yeah, they should let me throw a party there. Why not? And it's right by the train station, so everyone can just hop on the train or their light rail afterwards. So everyone goes home safe. You know, they can they can have their their tweeds and their, their alky halls. Hell yeah! And then yeah, and they get home safely with their families. Somebody somewhere would hear the party from their house, and that would be the end of it. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, on the other inside of the tracks, those lovely folks who like decided they were going to live next to a train station would probably complain about the noise. Uh, <laughs> and then the folks, the neighbors in the single family homes, you know, one neighborhood over would say, oh, there's too many people walking through my neighborhood all drunky and artsy and partied out. They were having fun and I'm not having fun because I didn't go to the party, even though I was invited. So we're going to go ahead and follow up on a story that we've been following. This is one of my favorite stories that we've been following. My second, it's probably my second favorite story ever. My favorite story ever was the bomb factory in the North Bay. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> this is my second favorite story we've ever uh, followed. Just a little quick background. There was a video of uh, uh, a person who worked at the Pink Poodle, the Pink Poodle's uh, a strip club, uh, getting out of uh, a fire truck and going to work. And, uh, well, we're going to find out, uh, what happened there. Maybe find, we'll find out a little more about what happened there. There was a disciplinary action taken, but I really want to know what happened there. The San Jose Fire Department says its firefighters involved in driving a scantily clad woman from outside a strip club are being disciplined. The fire chief detailed the incident from last October in a report to the city council. Now, he says the fire truck was assigned to transport a man from the fire station to the Pink Poodle Club where he worked. When the fire crew arrived, a woman climbed in and asked for a ride along. Firefighters refused, but she persisted and was driven partway around the block. Now, the chief wrote, quote, I have initiated dialogue sessions with senior and middle management to reinforce professional conduct expectations, a process that will continue through all department ranks. The city now considers this case closed. And yet she persisted. (laughs) Yet she persisted. (laughs) Like, sorry, I don't think anything. I don't think there was a story there. I mean, I I love it. I love to hear about it. Like, fucking. (laughs) critical support to that lady but my god yeah i mean it's nothing it's a nothing burger like she's she was in you know hey give me a ride along i want to go on a fire truck no please okay fine <laughs> we'll go around the, we'll go around the block we went th- we go to aj's we'll drop you off at aj's no no take me back to the poodle god damn it lady we have fires to put out no you don't i'm listening to your radio you got nothing take me fine you know and then and then someone you know, gets it on camera. That's all it takes, and now people are in trouble, right? It's, it's just dumbassery. Like, what? Don't, don't let the bikini-clad woman onto your truck. Just don't do it. Someone's always watching these days. Just don't do that. I like how they um, used a used an Instagram video from one of the my favorite San Jose accounts to the San Jose Foos account. That's oh, one of my yeah, favorite. The, the, that's one of my favorite Instagram accounts about the local area. They always get the best stuff. 
I don't know how. Absolutely. Uh, it, well, they've, they've got a huge network now. He's got, uh, the guy behind it has like hundreds of thousands, obviously, of followers. Um, so he leverages that and and gets stuff submitted to him all the time, right? He he just, at this point, I, I've spoken with him, he just really has to curate what comes in at this point. Um, kind of like you with the docket, right, on the on the Discord chat. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you need a docket, just go, go in there and there's plenty of stuff. Allie's got, you know, at least 25 stories a week in there. <laughs> So you can get get what you need, right? So yeah, he gets he gets to just curate all sorts of fun ass shit that comes into him from all across San Jose. That'd so, be a great interview good. guest, by the way, if you're familiar with that person. That'd be a really cool get. Let me see. Um, yeah. Let me see what I can do. But good, he's a great follow. So please, um, I, I shouldn't even be giving up that he's a he, but whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, check out the San Jose Foos. San Jose Foos. The one of the literally, even if you don't live in San Jose, it's a great follow on Instagram. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So up next, we have the suspect in the uh, cash app founder, uh, Bob Lee, the suspect in the murder, uh, has pled not guilty after uh, some kind of postponement had happened in the uh, court proceedings. He's going to pick the case against the man accused of stabbing and killing tech executive and cash app founder Bob Lee. Just hours ago, a judge granted a request for the suspects from the suspect's attorney to move his arraignment to next week. ABC 7 News reporter Mandy Del Castillo joining us live from the Hall of Justice with the latest developments in this case. And awful audio. Yeah, we have yet to hear uh, the tech entrepreneur, the 38-year-old tech entrepreneur from Emeryville, answer to the charge of murder against him. This morning at around 9.30, he was escorted into court, his defense attorney arguing that in order to do her job properly, more evidence, more discovery is needed, and saying that when the time comes to enter a plea, Mameni will be pleading not guilty. Now, Mameni's mother was the first person in the courtroom today. Much later, about two dozen people described as friends and family of victim Bob Lee, including his two young daughters, were escorted in. Cameras also got our first glimpse of suspect Nemo Mameni dressed in an orange jumpsuit. A notable absence, Mameni's sister wasn't present. Court documents revealed she may have been the subject of a heated argument between the suspect Mameni and victim Lee before the deadly stabbing. Defense attorney Paula Canney spoke with reporters immediately after, saying Mameni will be entering a not guilty plea at his next court appearance. She's efforting more evidence, including police reports, the autopsy, the 911 calls, the affidavits in support of the search warrant. Kenny says she's expected to have all that material by Friday. At an arraignment, the defendant is charged with, is told what the charges are, and then the defendant enters a plea. And as the judge said, once you enter a plea, then you also have to make decisions whether or not you, quote, waive time, that is, sorry, if, if you're going to have a speedy preliminary hearing. So I'm dealing with the prosecutor, and I've said I need the discovery. Latest court documents detail a trail of evidence and alleged timeline, including interviews with mutual friends, elevator surveillance footage, and a text sent from the suspect's sister to victim Lee ahead of the stabbing, referencing the suspect, quote, coming way down hard on Lee. Lee, who was in town from Miami, was attending a work summit. He was stabbed and killed in the early morning hours of April 4th on Main Street near Harrison in San Francisco. Mameni was arrested nine days later. 
And the district attorney is also speaking with reporters. She's doing that right now, saying that Mameni is a flight risk. Now, the court date for his arraignment has been moved to next Tuesday afternoon. ABC 7 News will be in court then as well. I'm reporting live in San Francisco. Amanda Del Castillo, ABC 7 News. Okay. Sounds like there's just a little bit more than meets the eye here. Just a bit, especially that Amanda Del Castillo can't even pronounce her own name. But um, yeah, there's 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 things happening here. There are things going on. I'm glad we're following this and tracking it. Um, so we'll see as the nuances come out. But so um, we'll learn more. The I don't know what's going on. Like we're gonna hear more from the accused from the uh, from the accused's sister. I'm already getting a certain kind of vibe, but I'm going to kind of back off on the uh, back off on any speculation here. I'm feeling a certain kind of way based on how tech entrepreneurs have um, behaved in recent forever or how people's bosses have behaved in forever and how men treat women. Maybe, you know, I'm just starting to think uh, starting to think maybe there was a little a little something that the that the that we're going to find out later. Me, too. <laughs> uh hashtag um yes we'll we'll see what uh what comes out um of this um what kind of malfeasance led to this as we discussed before right it's things like this it's oftentimes and most times someone you know and there's but was probably some sort of reason behind reasoning behind this right uh and maybe it was revenge and yeah i don't know well I'm 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 loath to speculate, but uh, like you said, it uh, you know, like you said, me too. Exactly. Hashtag. So we have um, a Concord High School. This is a far less impactful, I think, story than the other one. But a Concord High School is uh, changing its mascot because I'm just taking a look at the still shot here. I'm guessing the mascot was a racist. <laughs> well, it's um, so it's the Minutemen. Oh, um, basically, and someone's having a someone had a sad over the Minutemen, and now people are having a reverse sad, saying no, we love the Minutemen, you know, there uh, there were minute, you know, we we need to keep the Minutemen, so we're gonna find out the controversy. I can tell you one thing, they're not gonna be the crocodiles. Well, that's that's that's, for that's unfortunate. That's for certain. I know. I I, I was rooting for that one too. Anyway, uh, not too many crocodiles in Concord, though. Not t- I mean, maybe in the Delta. I guess, but I don't know. Um, anyway, NBC Bay Area has more on this for us. Okay, it is coming down to what could be the last minutes for Concord High's Minute Men. Outrage over the rifle-toting American Revolution mascot has been mounting, with many calling it outdated and out of step. NBC Bay Area's Stephanie Magallon with the debate over more culturally... He's showing off their studio. Symbol. Mm-hmm. So we've been covering this story for over a year now, and there's been controversy every step of the way. Now there's a group of parents demanding the name stays, but with modifications. It's a historical symbol dating back to the American Revolution, and it's Concord High School's mascot, Minutemen. Minutemen have a proud history. There weren't just men, there were women, there were African Americans. But the fact that it's an armed man is a problem for others. Some of the brutality and them being a militia. The Minutemen were woke. Wait, stop. Yeah, like, did, did, she, did she realize what she said? 
Men. <laughs> I don't know who there she was. There were African Americans. But the fact that there weren't just men, there were African Americans. The brutality and them being a militia. Concord High School has been trying to change its mascot for over a year now, following a district decision to replace human mascots for non-human mascots. You know, I'm a former Minuteman. That's my history. I went to school here, um, graduated class of '91. But um, I also want to make sure that we have a mascot that represents everyone. Last year, they were closing in on the crocodiles. That never went through due to transparency issues and a lack of student involvement. This year, <laughs> the kids don't give a survey. fuck. 500 out of more than 1,100 students participated, and leading the polls are the Bears. Uh, out of the 500 that voted, only 190 voted for the Bears. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, um, oh, they're going to do ranked choice voting, and it's going to be a shit show. Excited about either. They were never given an option to, you know, make adjustments, make changes to the mascot to become more inclusive. These parents have been speaking out against the change for months. Like they believe the mascot adopted in 2021 gives schools the option to change their mascot. So the goal is to merely modify the image by eliminating the weapon and adding a woman to keep a symbol they believe shows their patriotism. C-O-C-O-N-C-O-N-C-O-R-D Conquered what you know, Minutemen. All right, let's go. Tomorrow, those against the mascot change Cringe. will have an opportunity <laughs> to present their case to the school mm. board. Then students will have their own presentation. The goal is to have a final decision within the next few weeks. Back to you. So this sounds like a case where the students absolutely don't give a fuck. <laughs> nah, I, about those three white people that are like struggling so hard to not look like they're racist. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the students are like, no, nah, we just want to be the the bears that's fine like right but they don't even only 500 of the 1100 students like voted on it and then only 190 of them like i'm telling you the hey. people this is all about the parents you could tell those parents were like townies right where they, they oh, have never yeah. they've never left concord and they're like trying to relive their glory days in high school uh, th yes. through their fucking kids in there i bet they're fucking i bet one one out of the three of them probably don't even have kids in the school right and then the other two i guarantee the other two if they do the kids don't care like, yeah I, i'm pretty sure you know at least one or two of them have sterilized themselves with you know tons you know crystal matthews i don't know but uh yeah i have a feeling that this is as usual a parent driven effort it usually is or an alumni driven effort right or something like that um and the kids are you know just sort of caught in the middle although i will point out i mean 500 out of 1100 that's pretty good voter turnout when it comes down to it Frankly, yeah, what was the voter um, turnout in Concord for like the midterm? Was it was yeah it when it, well, when if, in 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 terms of like the overall population, it, I'm guessing like maybe a quarter of the population actually turned out. Like only half of the population is registered to vote, but in this case, you know, it's you don't have to be registered as a student to be a student. Um, so still, forty percent sounds like forty five percent of students voted. That's not bad. Uh, that's pretty represent. I'd say that's a re a representative sample. I think a mathematician would even would even argue it's a representative enough sample. Um, because there's, you know, you figure amongst the 60 or so percent that don't give a shit or didn't respond, like they're either apathetic or they, they'll go along to get along. Right. Or right. They, maybe, who knows, maybe they like the bears too. Or like um, some of those, are, some of those, some of those students are seniors and aren't even going to be around when the fucking thing changes. So what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, it's much to do about nothing to me, but I, I love that. Oh, we're going to get rid of the gun and add a woman and that's going to fix 
let's be more inclusive and fix everything i was going to ask at first like are they just going to make the minuteman black like is, <laughs> is is i mean that's the simplest way but oh how do you you know how do you do that in a you know monochrome logo right? i like how the one um, lady said said that some of them were african-americans but the Minutemen existed in a time before the country had become a, a country, so uh, nobody was any kind of American actually yet. Ex correct, um, and I, I, I just she, she otherized like not just women, but you know African Americans as a I don't know how she views them as a, some sort of separate species. Like she said, there weren't just men; there were women, and there were African Americans. It's like so that's like separate from men and women. African-Americans. Like, I, I, I know it's like a nitpicky dumb thing, but none of them were Americans yet. Like none of those people were no, American absolutely citizens. not. Yeah. But she could, she might as well just have, you know, black people, but um, yeah, she, obviously there's a little issue there um, in terms of her definition of an inclusion. But uh, anyway, we shall follow this and we will, we will, we will let you know what the final decision is. Um, if it's the bears or if they use ranked choice voting and it turns out to be the wombats. Who but the, so the policy that was put up was like, let's just not use any people at all, which I think is actually a pretty good policy because yeah. it, it, then you're not really taking a position on any particular individual or any particular mascot. You're just saying, Hey, let's do like a, let's do inanimate objects or animals just to kind of solve any future right. problems we might have. If we name the school after somebody or make an, make yeah. a, make a mascot out of a group of people. And then we learn a little bit and go like, uh Oh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeah, there's very simple ways. You know, aminals, uh, name it after the neighborhood it's in. Most schools are in a neighborhood, so name it after your neighborhood. Um, yeah, but people, unless it's unless the neighborhood is named after a person. Right, uh, or name it after the street it's on. Or the street, exactly. Um, where it, you know, now I, we have a school down the street named in that way after a, a street, you know, the street it's on. However, I don't know the history of the person whose name is on the street. Um, they are a real person historical in san jose but i don't know that they have any problems or skeletons in their closet but we might find out one day and they'll have to change the name of the street and the school and god knows all hell will break loose and you should have then you should have just named it after a kind of pebble and then everything would have mm -hmm. been fine i think they're like the tigers or some shit as far oh, as their fine. mascot so they're fine I, I think it's just the name of the school really that's fine um, i mean like they had they, there was another school in the in the same district that changed its name because of some woke ass shit and but they changed to the uh, name of the uh, local uh, Ohlone tribe. Uh, and But they kept the same mascot, the Gators. So. All right. Well, we got one more story in Winners and Losers. And this is a, this yes, is a fucked up story. <laughs> Fuck landlords. So somebody bought yeah. uh, somebody <clears throat> bought a condo in SF and uh, evicted the 81-year-old tenant. Because that's the, that's the most fucking San Francisco thing that ever happened, honestly. The news at 11 starts right now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Terry McSweeney. And I'm Gia Vang. Well, she's been told to be out by tomorrow. An 81-year-old San Francisco woman is being evicted from the home she's owned for decades. But she says a loan she took out to pay her property taxes began a series of issues. And that led to her home being sold for half of what it's worth in a foreclosure auction. Wait, what? She says she's not moving out without a fight. Here's NBC Bay Area's Alyssa Gord. Wait, no, she got hella fucked then. She also got, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a tough old bird. For the past 30 years, Rosemary Benter has lived in this Victorian condo in San Francisco's Upper Haight. She was able to buy it through a joint ownership agreement. Now 81, she has many health issues and money is tight. I'm very weak. My, I'm impacted primarily with uh, 
arthritis. In July of 2021, she looked for help paying her property taxes and says she was pressured into using her home to take out a $9,000 loan, which she says ballooned into a $13,000 note after fees and interest. Then in February, there's this knock on my door and it's, I believe it was around 11 a.m. And I went down and the man said, hi, I'm here to repossess your house. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, unless you have $13,000 to pay off this debt you have, it's going to be sold in about 29 minutes. Her home was sold at a foreclosure auction. On Friday, the buyer put a notice on Rosemary's door saying she had three days to leave. And I thought, this is it. Monday morning, they're going to show up with the sheriff and a truck and get me out of here. The notice to vacate on Rosemary's door told her that she'd need to vacate by Monday, but her attorney says it would likely take longer than that for an eviction proceeding to take place. Legally, uh, we would anticipate that he would is going to file an eviction, an unlawful detainer, um, to try to evict Ms. Benter as quickly as possible. That's Rosemary's attorney, Darren Orr. He works with the nonprofit Legal Assistance for the Elderly. He says they plan to defend Rosemary against any eviction filings. Monday, they are also planning to file a suit against the broker and the lender Rosemary worked with, as well as the new buyer, asking the court to find Rosemary as the lawful owner of the condo. Ms. Benter um, is taking action to try to undo um, that sale and, and void that unconscionable loan. And we are hopeful um, that justice will prevail. We reached out to the attorney listed as representing the new buyer for comment. We have not received a response. Rosemary is holding out hope that she can still live out the rest of her life in her home. But if that doesn't pan out, she has no idea what she will do. But uh, I can't live on the street. And I can't afford anything. In San Francisco, Alyssa Gord, NBC, Bay Area News. That's fucking terrible. Yep. No, no winners there. Like that's shite. Oh, like if you put up a house that's worth, you know, several mil. Uh, that house has to. If it's in the upper height, it has to be worth several million dollars, right? Like if it's that whole building, it has to be worth. So if you put up a house worth several million dollars as collateral on a thirteen thousand dollar loan, they shouldn't be able to take your whole fucking house from you. That's yeah. I I don't I don't get it. Um. But hopefully now that it's got media attention and it's got NBC on the case, Alyssa Gord is on the case. So hopefully she'll get some some uh, attention. And, and uh, since since she was the owner of the house, she's entitled to the money that it got sold for. But then they sold it for like half of what it's worth. Right. But even then, she would still have enough to pay off this debt. Right. And more than likely, like, you know, live somewhere and live comfortably as long as she needed to. Um, even if it was half of what, you know, a million dollars or unless there's some shit that happened where she doesn't even get the money. And then, 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 then I'm like, burn it down, lady, burn it down. <laughs> like, yeah, right. She, tough old broad. She said, so I, I, I trust that she's going to bring it. Um, and her attorney seems pretty, you know, pretty wide eyed and bushy tailed and ready to go. So who knows? I do love a nonprofit, by the way, that says exactly what they do. Legal assistance for the elderly. It's that simple, right? I hate these fancy ass names that, you know, they're, they're, they're a mashup of someone's aunt and, you know, their first, you know, uh, cat. <laughs> Just name your nonprofit what it does. Uh, like the anyway. Smith Foundation or something. It's like, get out of here. Yeah, right. Like, 
healthier kids foundation right i like that one we keep we make kids healthier uh so keep so it simple once again we're asking san francisco to get their shit together apparently they're Always. we're at seven high-rise buildings that had window panes uh damaged and some of which fell off the buildings uh during the high winds that we experienced not too terribly long ago here yeah can you count to seven? i'm trying i think two hands you need two hands to count to seven so that's a lot um so yeah get your shit together san francisco what the fuck our investigative unit has learned a seventh building in downtown San Francisco had windows break during last month's windstorms. NBC Bay Area's Jackson Vanderbecken tells us the city apparently got distracted by a more dangerous falling window and failed to tell anyone until now. The building is at 580 California. Six windows there cracked last month when the first of two windstorms hit San Francisco, which means that building had the second most broken windows out of the seven high-rises where windows failed during the windstorms. But we are learning just now. Supervisor Aaron Peskin wonders why. They have not given me a rational explanation other than an apology, and now it's out there, and I'm, I'd rather know it late than not know it at all. Back when it happened on March 14th, San Francisco Building Inspection Department records show the city issued this citation, noting that a window cracked on six different floors between the 18th and 23rd floors at 580 California Street. But city officials say they soon became caught up in what happened nearby at 555 California Street, where this video shows a window actually plunging from the 43rd floor to the street below. The city told 555 California to do a full facade inspection but made no such order that day for 580 California, which actually had more windows fail. The building, which has since been ordered to do a report, had no comment. Peskin says the building is- well, The building isn't going to comment. It's just made of <laughs> fucking steel and fucking stone and shit. How do you feel? The glass that hit 580 came from its neighbor across the street. That's oh, the right. same theory floated by another high rise, Salesforce East on Mission Street which had 20 windows break in the second windstorm a week later. Salesforce East is blaming pieces of glass from a broken window in the Millennium Tower for flying of course they are. the street and breaking some of its windows. <laughs> People should not be claiming that they know how windows broke until there's been an independent engineer's analysis. Amidst the flying glass theories, the city has commissioned Emeryville-based engineering firm and facade specialist Wisk, Janie, and Elsner to investigate and make recommendations. A full report is due in 12 weeks. Meanwhile, Peskin says he's still considering whether to push forward anyway on mandating full facade inspections for 71 of the city's newest, tallest buildings by November. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. So the reason the city got distracted by the other windows is because one of them fucking fell to the street. And these other buildings seem to have held up a little bit better. The windows cracking and shit. Don't get me wrong. If you're in the building while that happens, you probably are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And it's probably like a slow crack to one of those, like you're watching it like, oh, no. Right? Um, yeah, I, I, I forgive them for triaging. I think that, you know, and, and as usual, this is probably just a lot of blowhardery of, you know, we should have been told right when all this shit happened and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, we are busy fucking keeping windows from falling on people's heads. That being said, 
yo, like, aren't there fucking building codes when in, in a city like San Francisco? It's not like San Francisco is immune to wind, right? Or hasn't seen, I mean, yes, it was pretty extreme, but that's kind of the shit that you're supposed to design for is like hundred year storms, hundred year earthquakes, right? Hundred year wind, right? Like you're supposed to design so that your building can withstand the worst of the shit. And so I, I'm a little low grade shocked that, you know, this many buildings are seeing windows fail and it has to be uh, a byproduct of either, you know, just lack of inspection, lack of oversight or lack of a code, because I, I don't see how a city like San Francisco does not have standards that you, they have to follow for, for these things. Um, but who knows? Maybe I am shocked to find is. I am shocked to find out that some of these developers on these big buildings may have cut a few corners as far as safety goes. I'm stunned. You think? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I like to give everyone the benefit. My wife says I'm a peacemaker, you know, so I I'm, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt apparently and but, you know, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> if they are. That that's that's shitty as fuck. Although I do love the the pettiness of right that the building owners and property owners and developers back and forth at each other. No, it wasn't Salesforce East. It was the Millennium Tower and their windows fell on our windows and knocked our windows out. So it's really their fault. And I don't think filthy, that happened. No, I don't think so either. But but they you know, <laughs> I'll take that I'll take that didn't happen at all for five hundred Ken. But uh, yeah. that would mean that the window the way I understand gravity, like if a window gets fucking damaged and falls off because of the wind, it's going to fall down. Even, down. If the, <laughs> even if the wind is pretty strong, it's going to fall down. Getting across like a couple lanes of traffic and like hitting the other, the building next to you. That sounds like a, a unlikely scenario. Not at a high enough level though, where it's going to cause like, right? Like it might hit, I could see it falling from a high level and then hitting a lower level floor, but it's not, it's not what caused the damage up here, you know, in your, in your space, in your building. It didn't cause the high level damage. Um, it's just, it's just stupid pettiness back and forth. And then they're probably like, oh, and by the way, the Millennium Tower is leaning. You know that, right? It's leaning. They're all fucked up. It's their fault. Yeah. I'm usually down um, to bash the Millennium Tower, but in this case, I'm like, you know, fucking let's not, let's, let's, let's rude. Let, let's not bash the Millennium Tower in this case. The Millennium Tower has had a big year or a big couple years. Let's uh, let's back it's off. It's got a lot of a lot of breath, a lot of a lot of pub. Um. Well. Uh. So yeah. SF, get your shit together. If there is no standard, get one. Um. Or at least hold people to it. Um. I. I would be. You're probably right, Peter David. It's probably the second thing that uh, they're just not. They're cutting corners and not getting called on it. But now they are because people are having shit fall on their heads when glass falls in people's heads in. You know, a, a downtown uh, business district. Shit's going to happen. Well, let's All move right. on to down ballot watch. Our yes, first sir. story is the uh, this is the uh, Alameda County DA. We've been covering this a lot. She's uh, fighting the backlash to her administration. I guess she held a rally, which is a really kind of out of the ordinary thing for a district attorney to do. Generally, the district attorney isn't holding rallies. So let's see Especially what's going with, on like, here. Signs too. Her election in November was historic. Pamela Price, the first black woman to be voted in as Alameda County District Attorney. But by her own admission, she has faced backlash since taking office. Today, a rally was held in defense of the DA. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Dion Lim. You're watching ABC7 News at 11. Today, supporters organized a rally in Oakland to give DA Price a chance to lay out her vision for the future of the district attorney's office. ABC7 News reporter Ansar Hassan was there. Hmm. Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price was introduced to cheers and then she broke into song. I'm gonna let 
Nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, walking up the Freedom Road. Organizers rallied Price supporters on the steps of the Alameda County Courthouse in Oakland to counter what they see as backlash against the newly elected DA. That's what it is. It's the backlash. DA Price outlined some of her accomplishments, which include prioritizing victim services, hiring more lawyers and investigators, establishing new guidelines and procedures for charging and sentencing, and launching new programs around restorative justice, policies which she campaigned on. We launched a pilot program in collaboration with the court for transitional youth ages 18 to 25 who got caught with a gun for the first time to divert them from the criminal legal system and pair them with mentors and not give them a felony. Her supporters criticized some early recall efforts and strongly refute claims that Price has been soft on crime. It seems before, it's just the, the, the DAs, uh, the deputy DAs had what, they could throw whatever enhancements they wanted. We have over, over criminalized young people. We have over criminalized people of color. And she's coming in and we're saying, no, we're going to reform this. And people don't like it. If anybody take a life, they need all the enhancements they can get. Yeah. They need to be in jail for life with no parole. A group of about a dozen people held a rally before and then during the Price rally. They argue that Price hasn't been transparent in some cases, such as with Jasper Wu, a child who was killed by stray bullets on I-880 during what police say was a gun battle between rival gangs. They're also concerned about Price's sentencing policies. Like I said, transparency with these cases where we could understand then I think that would really help the community. This system was not broken in a day. It will not be fixed in a hundred days. It's just not possible. Price says she inherited an organization that was in chaos. She criticized the media for allegedly not being as critical of her predecessor, Nancy O'Malley. She ended by reminding the crowd that she won on a platform for change, which she intends to deliver. Change takes time and patience and courage and telling the truth. In Oakland, on Sanhassen, ABC 7 News. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't think she's going to, if they try to recall her, I don't think it's going to work. I think she's, uh, <clears throat> she's clearly like, she's clearly got the support of the community, it looks like. Well, I think she recognizes and reads the, has read the writing on the wall, right? And her supporters have too. So they're they're coming together. They're going to circle the wagons. Um, and I think hopefully earlier than than Chessa was able to. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I don't. And I also don't know that it, it's going to be as high profile enough as it's, it's going to have to be to to take her down. So uh, you know, good on her for getting organized and getting getting some getting uh, rally signs and getting people together and uh, sing singing in the song and doing the thing and hopefully yeah you're right I, I i hope you are right i hope she is successful in beating it back i hope that it doesn't even get to the ballot but we'll see so i haven't seen <clears throat> like uh, chesa boudin was like a big deal like in sort of right-wing twitter and tucker carlson talked a lot about him before tucker carlson was uh, let go unceremoniously from fox news and i don't i don't womp, see womp. i don't see any like like murmuring even about her, like in the broader sort of right wing, sort of tough on crime griftosphere, the wing, mm -hmm. we, or, or as a, this guy Drift Glass calls them, the wing not welfare <laughs> griftosphere. 
And um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because it's Oakland and not San Francisco or if it just hasn't hit their radar radar yet. Don't know. Maybe a bit of both. Um, who knows? And not not as it's not as sexy as like San Francisco, right? Like Alameda County. Where is Alameda County? Where is Alameda? Um, Star Trek Four reference. Uh, but San Francisco, it's like oh yeah, the woke capital of the world. Those crazy San Francisco heights, right? Um, uh, that it, San Francisco already has like a, a a name, right? A reputation in that community. So it's very easy to create the meme around it, right? Um, whereas with Alameda County, maybe there's just not that cachet, right? Um, so they have to lean on the fact that she's a black woman. They could, uh, and people people don't want to be racist. They could they could drop that they could drop the word Oakland though. Everybody knows where Oakland is, and they could rile up a whole lot of racists around that, like all over the country. You could. Um, I, I still think San Francisco is better better known amongst that broader, you know right-wing base that we're talking about um but yeah. the tucker carlson watching base of the world anyway uh, we'll see we'll keep we're keeping an eye on it that's why we have down ballot watch that's why we have you out there listener viewer um if you are uh, downloading this podcast and listening to it please send us some tips get on that discord um go to the website send us some tips um go to my go to twitter at the underscore councilman send me send me a, a link Send me a video. Send me something I can we can use in our docket, and we will use it, guaranteed. Um, so this example, next story, this next story is about um, they're calling them robot vehicles. These are just like self little self driving cars that would apparently take people from the San Jose Diridon Caltrain station to uh, the airport. Um, that's not a short trip. And I can tell you just from the example video, there's no way more than like a yuppie couple is riding in one of these things like you have a family of a kid no chance no chance anyway let's if watch you the want video. to get from here the diridon train station to here san jose international airport you'll likely have an option beyond rideshare or taxi in the years ahead you get there in your own vehicle with no traffic jam Slideways, a Bay Area startup making these driverless electric-powered pods fucking startup. working with San Jose to design a system to ferry people the three and a half miles between trains and planes faster than Uber or a bus, largely because it will run on its own tramway and won't need a driver. If you're going to take a bus, you got at least one interchange, possibly two. And if you have an Uber, if you take an Uber under the best circumstances, you're at least half an hour away or worse with traffic. With us, you're between six and eight minutes away all the time, anytime, 24-7. Still a lot of work to do, but the city says it's on board. We need a lot more transit. And wants people to this think isn't of public, public transit. transit as faster and even more no. exclusive than their own cars. It would have its own its own roadway, right? Um, some of it might be underground, some of it will be above ground, some of it might be on the ground, but separated from oh, any Ramsey's. Right, and that'll be from Diridon to uh, the airport. So how much will it cost to get from there to here? Well, we're told it could be as high as $500 million. Funding expected to come both from the city and private investors. Things expected to get underway in about four years. At San Jose International Airport, Scott Budman, NBC, Bay Area News. 
completely left out of that was the fact that the fucking light rail start stops right at San Jose Deardon Station. And there is a light rail stop called Metro Airport where there is a bus shuttle that takes you a quarter mile from the fucking light rail station to the airport. Yes. This is how but you get there. This, this is, is how you get there. It, it, all, it And it's not, it it's already on its own track. It's not subject to, to traffic. And the little, the small amount of uh, <clears throat> the, the bus from the uh, light rail to the, to the airport, there's usually not traffic on that street. No. And it's, it's, it really is for airport traffic. That's really all that's there. And then maybe a little bit for the casinos when they're open um, and some of the tech pro campuses. But mostly, yeah, it's airport traffic. Um, and that, that's exa- that was exactly the concept in the first place. You know, they extend, and then they extended uh, light rail out to Deardon finally, which was just in- insane. Like, I, whoever designed this system in the first place, right, is was just nuts because it doesn't go where it doesn't actually go where you really need to go and where it needs to be. But they've made it; they've grafted more and more on top of it, and made it work in some way. But yeah, uh, there is there is a designed way to go to get there, and I don't see it being any more convenient than getting your ass somehow to Deardon and then getting in one of these little pods. Um, with all your luggage and your shit. Does, has anyone traveled before, like on a plane with a child? Holy shit. The, the good wife and I have gone to a whole new level of understanding about travel, right? Like we were used to just, let's just pack up a duffel bag for both of us and we'll go, right? No, it's like we take the whole fucking house and put it on the plane, right? And so getting it, in, getting it there in some little pod is just laughable, right? It was barely doable in a shuttle, in a bus shuttle, right? Um, at the airports we were at. So yeah, or, or just getting dropped off even. So yeah, not 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 likely happening with family travel. This is for tech bros and their significant others or their partners to, to get them to get them to the airport without feeling squishy and getting on a bus with other people. Oh my god, I have to be on a, I, I have to be on something with other people. Public transportation is for the public. What? Yeah, that's that's the that's the reason people would like this, right? Is because they get their own little private pod. But fuck yeah, it's not public. You're right; it's not public. This is like this is fucking Uber without the driver. Um, this, that's all this is. And it's, it's Uber all, without it's, the it's driver like that only goes to places. Yeah, it's Tomorrowland. It's like the monorail at Disneyland. It's just like eh, eh, eh. it goes to the hotel and it goes to Tomorrowland. That's that's the monorail. I mean, that's um, probably it, what people want. But like, yeah, the, there's just no there's no reason for this. They say they say it's what do they say? Fucking five how long did they say it would take i forget but it's only eight fif- minutes six six to eight minutes it's only 15 minutes like from one of the light rail station to the other and like the other thing is the light rail takes you through downtown so say you have like a say you have a couple hours between like the time your flight leaves and the time you're the time you show up at san jose Deardon. well if you go through downtown you can maybe pop in and get a cup of coffee or something somewhere or concha or like a hot chocolate or something, or maybe a burrito. Yeah, you get you get something, or at least Sushi see burrito. some of downtown San Jose. But this thing, I don't know where they're going to put it. I don't know how they're going to put it there. I don't know how they're going to get permits for any of the stuff. People are going to complain like crazy about the construction. This is not. This is this is dead on arrival. This is absolutely dead. This is vaporware. This ain't happening. I I, I have an idea where they're gonna where they're thinking of running it, but yeah, it's going to be a mess. And it's going to cost a shit ton of money anyway. And we already have a connector. Why are we spending this money when we could be spending money like enhancing and expanding light rail itself? What the fuck? And acquiring land if we have to. 
do it, right? Like, oh my God. And yeah, it's uh. just, it, this is, this is, this is dumb. And I don't, but I don't think it's going to actually end up happening. No, I, it's no, it, you, sh- you should freaking talk to some of these acolytes for these people movers though. There, there are, there are, they're, I call them pod people. There are, they're a thing. Like they, they believe in this form of transportation. They think this is the form of transportation. They think this is the future. Like this is everything. Like all roads and freeways and tracks should be converted to this. Uh, individualized, hyper, you know, luxury people, white people movers, basically. Yeah, they they, they, invariably they're all old and white. The people that support these things, all of them. They spent they spent too much time on the people mover at Disneyland because it was the only ride that they thought uh, was slow enough for them. It's so much fun, and I can look out the window. Yeah, that's like Space Mountain is, is a dumb way to try to get people around, but whatever. Let them. And this idea that it's only going to cost $500 million, get the fuck out of here. Right. That's the first stage. The, the development stage will cost $500 million. Get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> anyway, we're Art. on to and another thing. And uh, this is a viral video of a third grader speaking at, I believe, the school board meeting. And, and I mean, kid has, a, kid has a fucking point. Kid has a fucking point. We're going we're gonna to let this kid cook here. A third grader in Michigan says he really loves macaroni and cheese, but when he sees it on the school menu, he wants to be absent for the day. How much do you typically like mac and cheese? A bunch. When did you notice that the mac and cheese was not that great? Second grade. Second grade. So you've noticed this for a year. It's been some time you've been dealing with this. What in the world? First of all, I This is a news report? I know, friend. She went to Lanigan Elementary School. So look at look at our friend Kylan Palmer took Killian. a complaint to the school board uh-huh. saying that the mac and cheese at his school is burnt to a crisp. Okay. And he says he has to use milk to wash it down. I saw more cheese than noodles, so I didn't want to eat it. Which I never ate it. Is that actual footage of the macaroni and cheese? Because now I support him. <laughs> That better not be actual footage of the mac and cheese. Anyway, the okay. nine-year-old spoke at last Tuesday's school meeting. He says a few days later, he noticed a change, see? Really? Okay. I hope it, that was it looks good now. It doesn't look burnt now. Now he wants to encourage other children to use their voice and know that their voice has power. I want to know more about this fit. Do you? That's true. It's a blazer. It's a blazer with a hoodie underneath. It's a, uh-huh. it's a blazer. Oh my. That was a cute story, the, but the the like they it did was. it for TikTok or whatever, and it seems like they did a real bad job of like the video editing and whatnot for TikTok. Right, and the commentary. I, I just I do love the local news commenting on how like this is this is news, right? Like this made the news. It's like you're a local news anchor. You're talking on TikTok about it. Yes, it made the news. <laughs> Ironic, much? Uh, anyway, that was another thing. That that was cute though. That was cute. Get him. Get him, kid. Interest. Get him. F- fuck that Human whack interest. and cheese. Fucking a man. If you, do you remember like uh, you're old enough to remember like uh, pizza, like school pizza? It was right? the worst. It wasn't even pizza, right? It was like just like a dough in like a tin, right? With maybe like a brush of tomato something on it and two like rank slight like shredded pieces of cheese. And like, I, I forget, like it was pepperoni, but it wasn't really pepperoni. 
Ooh, the French bread one. pizza was the worst, and it turned me off yeah. to like a good French bread pizza as a, as a result too. Oh man, I, oh, I think I'm gonna go make a good French bread pizza right now. I got some baguette. I got some baguette. I got some sauce. I got some of those puffin crisp, uh, puffin crisp pepperonis. Oh, they're so good. Well, that was that was my favorite story of the week. <clears throat> um, Yay. I guess I'll, I'll read us out this time. Thanks, everybody, for listening yeah, to Down Ballot. We do this live every Friday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. <clears throat> you can ca- catch this on any podcatcher, and you can also uh, watch it on YouTube after the fact if you'd like. We're at Echoplex Media there, and you can support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex, or eplex.store for other interesting ways to support us. And, of course, check out our website. There's a blog and all kind of stuff there. I pay for the website. I'd like it if you looked at it. Thanks for uh, listening to Down Ballot this week. Live viewers, Sit tight. Up next is Conspiracy Bingo with uh, Jeff Black joining us for the first time as a commentator. So, oh. so we'll be we'll be having some fun, or maybe I'll be uh, maybe I'll be firing Jeff Black. Who knows? <laughs> I'll see you next week, Councilman. See you then. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With the pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We let get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car To smoke another one what? And another one Woo! Now just when the magic starts kicking in Now here we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight. It's down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside. To spark up another joint. Now who's got my light? A stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the US economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rollie, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do it sloppily We do what we want, what we want
wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band So sit back and enjoy the band Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com.